This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Sales EQ, Objections, and Inc., and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. On this episode, I'm talking with Michelle Rockwood, who is an expert on sales messaging, sales conversations, and she helps people who don't always know how to sell have deeper conversations with their clients and close more business. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Vidyard, one of my favorite apps. You just pick up your phone, shoot a short video, and you send a message to your prospect or client Thank somebody for doing business with you. It's super easy, and you can learn more about Vidyard. In fact, you can get a free Vidyard account if you go to vidyard.com forward slash salesgravy. That's vidyard.com forward slash salesgravy. Michelle, welcome to the Sales Gravy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I love that introduction. Well, I'm, I'm really interested to spend some time with you because... You have made a, a name for yourself working with people who don't know how to sell and teach them that like it's not that hard. So let's, let's start <laughs> off with a question that I get all the time. I, I bet I get this on 10 podcasts that I'm on. Uh, I'll, I'll get it nine out of 10 times. And they just say, you know, were you, were you born to sell or did you learn how to sell? And my answer is always, I have the talent to sell. I and mean, there's some people who just don't have the talent to sell. There are people who probably should be better off in a dark room away from people. But I say most people have have the ability to connect with other people. They have empathy. They can have a conversation. They just weren't taught how to do it. So yes, I, I have the talent to do my job, no different than a person who is an athlete has a talent to play golf or play basketball or play football, or someone who is good at finance has the talent to be a CFO. But I didn't like come out of the womb, you know, talking to people, closing business. <laughs> I had really good people who coached me along the way and taught me not only process, but also art. And I'm interested in your take on that statement. I love that so much. I, I didn't come out of the womb. I've, I've absolutely said that before. I didn't come out of the womb learning how to sell. I, I completely agree that it's a learned skill. And I think I know you need to have the desire to change the world, right? Or impact people with whatever it is that you're selling. I actually prefer and hire and love to work with non-salesy people because you can teach the sales part, but what you talked about, the empathy, the connection, that's harder to teach. And a really a true desire to connect with people is something, right? You need to come to the table with. So yes, absolutely. I say like I teach non-salesy people how to sell and it is a learned thing. And so I love... I love the the fact that you're bringing that up because so often people think, oh, you're natural, you're good with people, you're an extrovert, um, you know, all, all those different kinds of things. So yes, absolutely. And one of the things I explain to people, because people say the same thing to me, you're an extrovert. And I go, I am not an extrovert and by any stretch of the word. I am an introvert. And I prefer not to be with people as 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 often as I possibly can. I am happy alone. <laughs> I don't really animals, need, right? Animals. Yeah, I don't. I, I hang out with animals. I've got yeah. I've got eight horses and five dogs. Oh, I have a couple horses too. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm like I'm I'm good with with. I'm, in fact, I'd rather talk to an animal than talk to a person. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
but I'm but when I'm selling, I understand what my job is. I understand what my role is. I understand the system. Matthew Pollard, who's been on our podcast a couple of times, talks about how introverts need a system for selling. So I think that there is a misnomer that you have to be some extroverted, outward going, you know, you can chat up anybody person in order to actually have a sales conversation. Well, what you said right there is you said system. And I really like that because, you know, although the sales conversation is, you know, you want it to be natural, you want it to be flowy, but you do want to have a system that you're bringing people through. And I think that is where people who aren't salesy think that we're just showing up and being ourselves and like some sort of magic is happening, right? But we're systematically bringing people through a conversation with an end goal, um, right? And for for us, I, I teach coaches. I teach a lot of coaches. And it's really about bringing the client to a choice about their next decision versus um, getting them to a yes. So I actually teach people that the goal, you know, ironically, like on the sales conversation, especially for coaches, isn't a yes, because you're not trying to just pitch or show your product at all costs, because you're going to be hanging out with them, you know, sometimes for three, six or nine months in your coaching programs. So the way you approach it and the way you people bring people into your programs is a little bit different. It's funny that you say it that way because I was on a call with a CEO of a business out in California who was hiring us to for what we call an integrator partnership. And these are long-term relationships where the, the financial numbers are pretty big. You're, you're talking in some cases $30,000 a month for cool. our consulting and coaching and training team to work with an organization. And there, these are these are tough decisions because there's a lot of risk that the things that we tell you might not come true. I mean, yeah. if I'm that person, how do I know? And even though we can give you evidence that that is that that what we say we're going to do, we're going to do, they still have to make that decision. And the CEO says, "Well, so he says, close me. He said, so t convince me why I should do business with you.' Mm. And I said, I said that's not what I'm going to do. I said, I, I I can't close you. I can't convince you. You have to make a decision about what you want." And that's the decision that only you can make. I can give you the facts. Here's the situation you're in. Here's where you want to be. Here's what we can do to help you get there. But this is this is a decision for both you and me because this is me giving up resources that I could give to some other company to you. And it's you giving up money with taking a risk that what we what we say we're going to do and working with you that that's going to deliver the return on investment. But you have to make that decision yourself. And I think the same thing for coaches. Like you talk about helping coaches, but the coaches working with someone who, who in a lot of cases came to them via an inbound lead. I doubt there are very many coaches that are just like, you know, picking up the phone book and doing cold calls to people. There's some reason that, that that person <laughs> was attracted to them. Yep. And then yep. they showed up on their doorstep and said, I need something. Typically, there is what I call a disruption in the status quo. So something's happened in their life or their career that are their health that's causing them to seek out someone to to help them through that that situation and as long as that disruption exists they're in a place where they could be your client they they would want to do business with you you need to capitalize on that but the coach feels like they have to, to in, in fact maybe push them into a decision and i want to come back to that in just a moment this this idea of push versus allow that person based on where they are to make a decision about whether or not staying where they are in the status quo, the, the place where they are, is is more untenable than than making an investment in themselves and working with that coach. And I think that's yeah. where we that's where we miss this opportunity to close people 
and do it with a, in a way that is it's it's clean like it, it, once they make that decision for you they stepped into that they enrolled themselves in, into your coaching program you didn't you didn't do something that either manipulated or or, or caused Absolutely. them to do it because you said or did something that you know suddenly they go oh my god that was the greatest thing ever i'm in like you didn't do that and and i think there's a level of integrity for you as a coach if you're a person who sells coaching or any you know training or anything like that, there's a level of integrity of allowing people to make those decisions on their own versus you saying or doing something that would cause them to say yes. Jeb, I totally agree. And I also, so you're helping a client make a choice. So when you're talking about that client of yours, right, that $30,000 a month client, and he's saying, close me, well, the choice, like it doesn't have anything to do with you necessarily. They've made a decision to get help in a certain area, or they've made a choice that staying stuck where they are is no longer acceptable. So as the expert coming in, your job is not just to share with them what you do, which I think is where, you know, tell me what you think, where people get stuck. Like, yes, here's what I do, but I also want you to know what your other options are. Right. So yeah, you could invest this five, 10, $15,000 with me. And, and here's what's going to happen right? Here's one option, but you could also do a group coaching program. You know, there's also different ways, avenues you could go. And so, you know, that, that big client you're talking about, right? So now when he makes a decision to work with you, you don't want him to have any regrets. So if he knew and he sat down and he made the choice, like you described, as to all the options in front of him and yours happened to be the best choice, right? Because of course it is, then the choice to work with you is clear. It's not like, hey, let me convince you. It's like, what is the choice that needs to be made first? Let's figure that out. And now do I happen to be the best person to support you in that journey? And that's a really, especially for coaches, they really make it about them and they make it, they take it personal, you know, but they, they haven't even had the conversation with the client as to the choice they want to make. So like, say example, it's a help. Somebody's coming to you and they say they want to lose weight. You assume because they're on a call with you and they said they want to lose weight, that that's the choice that they're making. But in actuality, when you have the skills, right, that we teach you, that I know you teach to ask better questions, well, like, why? Why do you want to lose weight? Maybe they want to run a marathon, right? And so they're, they're coming up on 60. They want to run a marathon for the first time in their life. Great. Now you're talking about something completely different, right? Uh, you know, it's not about losing weight. It's about the marathon. So how important is it to you, dear client, to run that marathon, right? And helping you lose weight is going to help you with that goal. Does that make you, does that, am I making sense here? Um, right. It's really about the choice that has nothing to do at first with what it is that you're offering. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. Let's let's take a step back. There's so much to unpack here, but let's take a step back and let's just think about, you know, a coach is a business person and there are lots of 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 people, small businesses everywhere that are starting companies. And they're listening to us because they're seeking out help because they didn't come from a sales background. They came from an engineering background. They came from a corporate background. They decided that they they wanted to make a change in their life. They wanted independence. I'm sure a lot of the coaches you work with, that was the same thing that happened to them. They decided yes, they wanted yes. to something, maybe even something traumatic happened to them and, and they, they recovered from it and they decided that they could help other yeah. people. So they entered they enter business with for, for noble reasons. 
But then they get there and they realize that there are certain physics in business that cannot be ignored. It's kind of like gravity, right? You, you can jump off a building, but gravity is going to get what it, what, what it needs, which is drawing you to the ground. The same thing in business. The number one reason why a business fails, whether it's an individual coaching person or it's my business, a sales training company, is because you don't have customers. It's the number one reason. <laughs> so if you, if you don't go out and get customers, you're going to fail. And a lot of business leaders, our business owners, they find themselves in this situation. I was uh, given a, a, a talk to a group of, of uh, financial advisors, and they were all small business people who had uh, jumped into a coaching system. And I'm working with them, and I, you know, I'm standing in, up on the stage, and I'm, I'm basically joking with them. I said, you know, you got your business, you signed up, and then, and then you plan to 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 sell something. So you got your <laughs> business cards done, and then you got your blog done, and you got your website done, you got on Facebook, and and then you created a podcast, and you did all of these things, and then you woke up one morning and realized that you weren't going to be able to pay the mortgage if you didn't actually have a conversation with another human being and get them to be your client. And at that moment, Tara over, overwhelmed you, fear overwhelmed you, because the two things that you fear the most are rejection and death, and you, were fear, you fear rejection more than you fear death. So suddenly you're having to like face this, this monster in the closet. I got to go out and find a customer and I got to go talk with them. So, so business owners, I think across the spectrum, find themselves in this place, especially if they didn't come from a selling background. They, they, I think they have this fantasy. It's like the field of dream fantasy. They're going to build it and then their customers are going to show up. And you and I know the truth. It does not work that way. So for these, for this individual who finds themselves in this situation, where do they begin? <sighs> Fan freaking tastic question. Well, you know, sell first. And it is, I, I just get so compassionately angry at people who procrastinate market, procrastinate brand, right? All of this crap. Like a sell first to a few people who are right around you. And then you start to build. And if you started to build, it's not too late. There's that client that's right around you. And when you sell to them, your container of support, your program, your coaching, whatever it is, then you build. So I put, I was listening, you know, I, I love your podcast. I was listening to the episode around fitness, you know, like parameters and rules. And like, those are rules that I put up in business and I teach, right? You sell to three people first before you create a website, right? You see, you know, you, so you, if you put up these parameters, before you start procrastinating marketing and procrastinating branding and, and setting up the system, right? Um, then you you set yourself up for success. I, th I think that's, I mean, let's just stop. That was brilliant advice. <laughs> so sell first, quit planning, quit procrastinating, because that's what we do. We procrastinate. We, there's, per, I call them the three P's, procrastination, perfectionism, and paralysis from analysis, yeah. right? So you got to get everything perf perfect. And then you start thinking, well, what if they say this? Or what if they ask this? Or what if they do this? And then you procrastinate and you find all of these other things to do that you think are about business, but they're not yes. actually creating any value in your life. And you do those things. And then you wake up and then you're desperate. And one of the problems 
problems is, because I'm going to lead you back to this, because if you're not a salesperson, you didn't come up through sales. I'm lucky. I started early on in my life. I worked for a company called Nutrisystem, and then I worked for the you know a big Fortune 200 B2B company, and I learned how to sell. People taught me how to do this. But if you've never been taught how to sell, I mean, imagine that you were, I don't know, let's just say that you were an, an operations manager in the company and suddenly you decided to buy a franchise and now you got to go sell people. Like nobody ever taught you how to do that. So imagine that you you plan to plan to plan to plan to plan versus, as Michelle said, selling first. And then suddenly now you have to sell for survival. You're desperate. You, you, it's a completely different yeah. energy. But Jeff, how do we how do we change this? Because everyone who's listening to this are doing those the three P's, right? That you talked about, like plan to plan to plan. How do we we you and me, right? Like as sales professionals, how do we get it through people's heads that sales comes first? It's not buy the franchise, learn to sell. How do we change that? Well, I think it's I think we go back to gravity, right? So the gravity is if you don't have customers, you're gonna fail. You're gonna be out of business. You're gonna go back to your old job. That's just the yeah. truth. And and there's and there's also this this emotional control. So the thing that you and I were talking about earlier that I think is foreign to a lot of people, and that is that I could be having a conversation with someone and I could leveraging relax assertive confidence, my most powerful emotional foundation, that I could say to the person, look, I'm not going to close you. You need to make a decision. Th these are your choices. And you let me know when, you, when you're ready. Yes, and be exactly. able to do that with confidence, not, mm -hmm. well, call me sometime, you know, and, and we'll talk uh, next yes. week sometime, you know, Such call crap. me maybe. Yeah. I'm talking about relaxed assertive confidence, causing them to lean into you. Well, to have that confidence begins someplace else. It doesn't begin mm -hmm. inside of you because it's hard for you to create that because, look, you fear rejection. And you've never done this before. And it begins with selling first. It begins with going out and working on filling up your pipeline, having conversations with people. I can tell any business owner, I don't care if you're a coach or you're selling you know, lumber supplies, the more people you talk with, the more you're going to sell. That simple. So, Deb, it can be... Sorry, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. It can be like, you know, because because you said building your pipeline. Um, and so now that gives people another reason to procrastinate, right? Like they, oh, how do I build my pipeline? But like, go talk to people, go yes. do that market research and have these conversations. And that helps you build up that confidence and build up your pipeline. Yeah. Who do you know? Who can I talk to? What do you think about this? Right? Here's what I'm offering. And for coaches, especially so often when they approach like a market research call, it turns into a sale, right? Congratulations. Uh, you know, when you're not trying to sell, you show up in such an authentic way. You connect, you actually really listen to the person. What do they really want? You know, oh, I, I actually offer that. Let me share this with you. Market research is a great way to build your pipeline and do exactly what we're talking about. Build that confidence and get out there and, and make sure your product is, is proven and, you know, something that people want. Yeah, you got to go. You got to talk to people. You got to build pipeline. You got to you got to. And the thing is, the more people you talk to, the, you're talking to a person. Here's what I'm doing. They go tell a friend, hey, you, there's somebody you need to go talk to. Get a referral. Ask for something. Yep. And, and the reason why is that when you don't have anything in your pipeline. So the reason that I could say to that CEO, you go make the decision. I'm not doing this for you. is because I've got 10 other companies lined up yes. that are I'm also talking with. Yes. So I know statistics. One of those are going to show up and, and do business with me. I'm OK. So I don't have to worry about that. I'm able to sell like I don't have to sell. Yeah. 
if you're desperate, you get bitten by something called the universal law of need. Now, and for the coaches that you work <laughs> yeah. with, this is important. The more 100%. you need that client, the less likely you are to get the client and the more likely you are, if you do get the client, to give away your paycheck in order to get the client. So, so if you have an abundance in your pipeline, if you're selling first, then then it, you think about it. I've got I've got a slot for one one more client in my schedule, and there's ten people waiting. Now I'm I'm able to stand there and say, I really need you to make a decision for yourself whether or not this is the right thing for you to do. I'm able to sit down with a client and say, here's the business case for why you should do this, and and you've got to make a decision whether or not this is the right thing for your company. And yeah. and I and I don't and it and it and I'm okay with wherever you wherever you end up. Because I am. I'm not worried about whether or not I'm winning for me. I'm doing it for because I want to win for them. And I'm selling for the same noble reasons why I started my company. I want to help people. But when you're desperate, when you lack emotional control, it's almost impossible for you to be able to have that level of of presence and emotional control and empathy in this situation because you're just worried about survival. And when you go into survival mode, all bets are off. Yeah. It's like dating Jeb, right? I mean, you know, it's absolutely, it's really similar to dating and you're so attractive when, you know, you have, I don't know, 10 people in the pipeline or whatever, you're dating multiple people suddenly. Oh, great. Um, you just don't have that, that need and people, you know, what we teach a lot too is what you're thinking about, you attract, you know, you kind of talked about that law of attraction there a little bit. And so that even comes into play. Um, I used to get the spouse objection all the time. And guess what? I needed to talk to my spouse before I made decisions, right? And so once I stopped doing that, I completely got rid of the spouse objection. So it's really, really neat um, to start really thinking about what's going on in your head because what, you know, we are, we are animals and we can sense it from a mile away. So it's not enough to just fake it. You really need that sense of, um, you know, limited capacity. For example, we talked about, um, I have 10 clients in the pipeline. Well, when you're first starting out, you might not have that, but things you can do is cap your programs, cap the amount of clients you work with, right? You said you only have one more client uh, open this month and like really mean it. So we have a, a group coaching program and we only, we cap it at 50 people, right? So now everybody we talk to, we're like, well, here's your choices, we have 50 spots available. It's already 20% full and it's months away, right? We're, we're going with or without you. Do you want to join? You know? And so it's really, really nice to take that pressure off and you can do that even cap it at five, but mean it. So you can't be like, oh, I'm capping it at five or I have limited time available to connect and not mean it. I love that you said that you got to mean it because we do the same thing on our virtual program. So on Salesgrove University, we've got live virtual training and we're running virtual courses. We, we launch two a week and we cap them and we cap them for a reason. We cap them because it's not fair to have a class full of a hundred people with an instructor and you've got a two hour workshop and you can't interact and you can't yeah. role play and can't do all those things. So it's not fair to them. We, I, there's integrity in the system. But the nice thing is, is when we cap them, we get this like there's this feeling of elation when you sell it out. And people come to you and go, I want in. And we go, no, you can't get in. It's capped. But yep. we got another one starting in three weeks. You can get exactly. in Exactly. Same thing with us. Mm -hmm. It'll be okay. And but I feel I feel good about it. I feel good I'm delivering something good for them. And when we first started off, we capped them at, at, at smaller numbers than we cap them today because we just have so much more demand. 
but it was it let us off the hook and we were able to say we have a goal that's reasonable yes. and because we had a cap we were able to create it's like a a little bit of a psychological you know trick to say this is all I got and I can feel emotionally connected to that place where I've got I'm full and I have abundance and that matters and and I think it makes you you know all around a better a better person but I I think that the the conversation that we're having about emotional control is so important. Relaxed, assertive confidence. When you approach any sales conversation with relaxed, assertive confidence, I am not talking about aggressive. I'm not talking about arrogant. I'm not talking about being full of yourself. I'm not talking about the crap you see in movies, boiler room stuff. I'm talking about relaxed, assertive confidence. You lean into that. Other people lean into that because emotions are contagious. You transfer your emotion to the other person and they have a tendency to respond in kind. If you're confident in yourself, they'll be confident in you. And this, this, you know, this concept of relaxed assertive confidence for salespeople is so important. And, and it's hard. It's not easy because you feel insecure. You feel insecure when there's a potential that they may say no to you or reject you. And Michelle, we're talking about people who have started their own business, people who are coaches and, you know, who are, are trainers or speakers or, or I mean, somebody starts up, they become a florist. I mean, you could think about any of those yeah. things, but this is your baby and this is who uh, you are. There's and so, so much emotion So when someone rejects your offer, they're not just rejecting like a product, they're rejecting you. They're rejecting everything that you believed in. And I know that we can sit and say, oh, you need to let all that roll off your back like you know, water off a duck's back, that you need to let all that go. It's not personal. I got news for you. It's freaking personal. It feels personal. It is personal. So it takes a lot of emotional control for you to manage that. And that little trick that you just talked about, limit, even if it's just artificial, I've only got two, those little things help you immensely and building and gaining that emotional control. Now, over time, by the way, as you face those issues again and again and again, it gets easier to manage that your emotions in those situations. But I'm just going to tell you straight up, you know, I've, I'm an author. I've written 13 books. I've got, I, when I started this company, it was just me. I mean, today I'm lucky. I've got, you know, 26 people on my team that do training and what have you. But I had to hire people in some cases to sell like keynotes because, it was really, really hard to sell myself. And I'm interested, especially with people who are selling like coaching services or personal services where they're involved in delivering that that service. How do you coach them? And maybe you can tell, maybe you say I'm just nuts, like everything I'm saying is crazy, but how do you coach them if you if you agree with this that it's hard because it feels so personal to to deal with that? I mean, keeping it real, it it still feels that way. And 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 start to grow their business. I mean, I've, if you've been a coach for twenty years, it's probably a little bit easier than if you just you're just starting off in your practice. Well, I I think what you said about making it personal and the rejection is really big. And I what I've really found is really coaching coaches around this thing called choice because really whether or not you work with me, it, it really does have little to do with me. I, I know I, I get it, right? I know it does feel personal, especially at first, but there's just so many things going on in people's lives that you have no, I, it's, I almost feel like Jeb, that it's a little arrogant when you make it about you. Like, I, I, it just doesn't, you know, this isn't about me. Look, I can help you. I can help you, you know, have an amazing sales call and roll people in your high price programs in 45 minutes. I can help you kick ass. But if, 
you have to get through something on your own before you can come to that call with me and step into that. And that just like has, that has nothing to do with me. So I, I really coach clients around helping that client come to a choice that has nothing to do with them. Right. And so that's like half the call right? What is the choice that you're going to make in your life? What is it costing you not to step into coaching and continue to have this problem in your relationship? What is it costing you not to get the raise at work? What is it costing you not to join the business, right? What is the real lost opportunity cost here? And now what's the choice you want to make? What are you going to do about it? Great. That uh, really has nothing to do with me. But if you want to do something about it, here is one of the many options that you have that you can take advantage of right now. Another thing is coaches really feel out of control in these calls. So these old sales ways of thinking, right, where you have to chase, where you have to give up, where you have to negotiate, like we just, I, we just don't do that. Like, it's just not something right here. Are the prices with what I have to offer, I'm like, I'm not negotiating because I have those 10 clients, Jeb, as you described, right? So like, you're welcome to take it or leave it, but it's worth 10 times more, um, especially sales coaching is so awesome and easy to sell because people see a return right away on their investment, right? When they work with me. But another thing I love to tell coaches, one, the, co the uh, you know, about choice, and actually this has to do with anything. So like, even if you're selling Facebook ads, whatever you're selling, a client has a choice to make. Do they want to go with an agency or do they want to go with you, a private salesperson? So there's that choice right there. But then there's also some things that you need to do. You know, we talked about mindset and getting own mindset. But what about the client's mindset? Because you could meditate all day, but if your client is walking through Target, while you're trying to connect with them, it doesn't even matter. So we really set up fierce boundaries and I teach people when they're selling, you know, you always have to take a call with me face-to-face -face over Zoom. You have to be sitting down with headphones on. If you miss a call with me, I'm never rescheduling. I've taken over 400 sales calls, right? In the past three years alone. And I just know what works and what doesn't. And so if you reschedule on me, your chances of joining or you're just not that interested. And I have such limited time. So I'm moving on, you know? So some of these things that you can do to kind of take the power back, I think in sales, so often we think give up power, let the client, you know, take calls whenever they're available. And it's actually just like dating. It's not as attractive. I'm available at nine and 11, you know, three days a week, half those times are already taken up. Right. And so if you can come and find a time that works for you on my schedule, I'm going to be here for 45 minutes and I'm happy to support you. We'll get back to my conversation with Michelle in just a moment, but first you got to hear the story. So we have this high value prospect that we really want to connect with and we cannot get them to engage. It's like everything we sent them goes into a black hole, email, voicemail, social media, even snail mail, sending them letters. They didn't respond to anything. So one day I grabbed my phone, I opened up the Vidyard app, I shot a quick video, just a short 30 second video, and I asked them for a meeting and I sent it to them. And seven minutes later, seven minutes later, I got a response and I set the meeting and we ended up closing that deal. And it was a big deal that helped us make our number last quarter. That's why I love Vidyard and I love video messaging because it works, it helps you stand out and it gives you a decisive competitive edge. When you use Vidyard, you can send messages that are memorable, that allow you to, to show your personality, like putting a face with a name with a real human being. And because all those messages are personalized, it increases the probability that your prospect is gonna engage exponentially. And right now, you can try Vidyard absolutely free. 
And when I say free, I mean free free. There are no strings attached. Just go to vidyard.com forward slash sales grief. That's vidyard.com forward slash sales grief. It's spelled V-I-Y-A-R-D, V-I-Y-A-R-D.com forward slash sales gravy. Let's, uh, let's go back to something that we talked about earlier. And we kind of alluded to this, but we weren't, we didn't really dive into it. And that is system. So let's, and, and I okay. think an easy way of looking at this is directly looking at what you're talking about with coaches. So let's just review what you said. You said that when you, when you basically look at the world through the lens of abundance, I've got, I've got plenty of clients. I've got plenty of, uh, of opportunities and I don't, I'm not desperate or don't need anything. That way I can say, I only have two times a day. It's up to you to take which one you want. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm just talking about the ability to look at that with, with, with confidence Versus saying like I hear salespeople, anytime's okay today. I'm like, oh no. I mean, it's the worst. It's yeah, the worst. What works thing, for like, you? I'll yeah, catch you at a so, time that's good for exactly. you. Exactly. It doesn't oh. work that way. I, what I explain the way I explain to him. This is a little bit. Now don't don't judge me on this, okay? But the way I explain it to him is, I say, have you ever been to Costco and bought that big old brick of toilet paper? And they go, yeah. And I said, you bring that thing home. You got like 400 rolls of toilet paper in that big brick of toilet paper. And they go, yeah. And I said, when you bring it home, you are wrapping toilet paper around your elbow. Like you're, you go out there and you'll, you'll, your kids roll the neighbor's house. You got so, so much toilet paper, you're making toilet paper animals for crafts. But when you get down to the end of the last roll, that's the most valuable thing in your house. Like you are taking off one sheet at a time. <laughs> that's how you want people to look at you. Like they, you want to, they want to mm-hmm. see your time is valuable. So if you don't treat your time like it's valuable, they won't treat it like yes. it's valuable. If you don't treat your offering like it's valuable, they won't treat it like it's valuable. That's what I mean. People respond in kind. That's where I go. I go back to the center of the universe is relaxed, assertive confidence. Because when people see that you are that way, they're attracted to you. Like they want to hang out with you. They feel like you're the person that they should be they should be interacting with. But there is a dark side of this all. And that is the way that that people, now salespeople do this and people who don't know how to sell do this. The way we treat that person who is coming to us. So we've built this system around us to attract people in. A person shows up and they say, I need some help. Could be, like you said, I'm, I coach people on how to build Facebook ads, or I coach people how to do marketing, or I coach people how to lose weight, or I coach people how to sell, or I coach any of these things. They come to you, and you assume, you said this earlier, you assume that you already know what they want. You assume that you already understand their motivation. So you skip the whole process and say, yep. all right, you want to buy. Yep. Yes. And then you're surprised when they go, well, I really need to think about it. I need to talk yes. to my spouse. I need to do this. I need to do that. Oh. Right? You skip the entire process of of bringing them into the system and walking them through a process. So, for example, if someone came to me and they said they wanted to lose weight, I think the very first thing that I would probably do is say, tell me about all the times you failed in the past. Because anybody who's trying to lose weight has failed in the past and they bring all that baggage in and I like to get it on the table. I want to see where they failed. I want to see and understand their fears. The next step I'd probably say is, is I'd say, tell me a little bit about where you want to go. Like, why are you doing this? What's important to you? And and then I would start with visualization. Like, what what's, what's your life going to look like and what are you going to look like mm-hmm. when you make this change? Walk me through, tell, get, draw me a picture. And they might say, well, 
you know, I'm going to be able to go to my daughter's wedding and fit into a dress and take mm -hmm. pictures and I'll be proud of those pictures and I'll feel like, you know, I'm, you know, I, I've, I, I feel like that people are looking at me and not judging me based on, you know, how, how, how overweight I am. And then I walk them through, um, well, tell me, you know, tell me about, uh, like what's important to you? Tell me, tell me how you eat. Tell me about these things. Walk me. I walk all the way through those things, and then I would say, okay, let me walk you through my program and why this program will work for you. So I would, I would take everything that they told me, all the things that are important to them, all of the their vision. I would say. And I would say, well, you said that the, the mistakes you made in the past were that you lost the weight, but then you snapped right back. And that's one of the reasons why you're going to love the way that I walk yeah. you through the program, because I recognize yeah. that this is a big issue for people. So rather than put you on one of these crazy diets where you, you crash diet and lose all this weight, and then and, and you're starving and hungry and miserable the entire time, and then you go right back, what we're going to do is work on a holistic approach that's going to help you change your entire life so that we keep the weight off forever. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. So, and then I would, I would take them through that process and I would keep bringing them back to what, what that visualization is. What, so, and can you see yourself in this situation? And then I would say, so this is what the offering looks like. Tell me what you want to do. And I think that the problem is, is that most people would skip over all that. They would say, like you said, I assume that they want to lose weight. I have no idea about the marathon. I, I don't have them visualizing themselves at the end of the marathon. I'm not putting them in a situation where I help them see that where they are right now is untenable and they have to move. But I don't have enough information to be that friend because sometimes when they hesitate, yes. what they really need is the coach to say, listen, I get this, Michelle. I understand how scared you are to make the step forward, but I'm here with you. If you don't make the step forward, though, you're not going to achieve this goal. And and then I and then I'm and then I'm doing my job, which is instead of standing across the table from them, closing them, I'm standing beside them with my arm around them as a friend, helping them take that step forward into a place that they fear. Oh, my gosh, Deb, we're so similar. You're this is all music to my ears. And this is someone you are someone who clearly is amazing at the sales conversation from a really heart centered, authentic place where you just really, really care. What you're describing there is a completely different conversation than most people are used to around the sales conversation where there's a pitch, a switch, a, a clickbait, right? Um and you're doing your job. You're helping the person come to a choice as to their next best steps. And you can't do that without the information, without the understanding of why, without a system to go through. And now you can also speak your truth, right? You can call them on their BS in like a really, really loving way, which is what your job is, which is what a great coach does, a great salesperson does. Right. You didn't call somebody to right. You didn't call somebody to to help you. Right. To, to hear about their product. They could have read about that on a website. But instead, you called somebody to help them help you make a choice as to your next best step. So I love every single thing you said there, Jen. And that's why when we go back to system, I think the system is so important. Right. Because 
the the reason that you liked it was because it was human. I mean, I'm not trying to manipulate you, but I recognize that in some situations, not all situations, you're still fighting with the person's greatest fear, and that is that fear is change, and human beings are naturally risk-averse. I mean, the reason that we're all here is that essentially no one in our, you know, our family tree said, hey, Baba, hold my beer, watch this. You know, we didn't, we, 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 they, we didn't have anybody that got taken out because they were taking a really big risk. And, and if we recognize that people are afraid, and we get yeah. that from the very beginning, then we have to do a couple of things. One, we have to be a safe choice for them. So we ha- we have to demonstrate that we are. So if we're pitching and we're, you know, and we're, we're, you know, we're manipulating, we're not a safe choice. Yeah. If we're desperate, we're not a safe choice. Like you said, they can see through all of that. And if we, if we also recognize that the, the, the greater magnet in their life is to do nothing, it's not to make the change because that's, that's, regardless of whether the situation is intendable or dysfunctional, we see people who are in dysfunctional situations stay in those situations all the time, even though you're looking on the outside screaming at them, what's wrong with you? But they're going to stay there because they're afraid to make the move. So the system essentially is helping a person move from where they are to someplace else. Like you said, they're making that choice, but you are facilitating the, the emotional mindset shift for them. That's and that's the opposite of manipulation. So people think sales is manipulation. What you're describing is the opposite opposite of manipulation, right? Really helping connect with someone emotionally to help them make a choice. And that choice might not be with you. And when you come in with that mindset, hey, I I don't work with everybody, right? This might be a fit. Then you can really make it not about you, like we were talking about earlier. And then, wow, you're really a safe choice, as you described. Well, there's something you just did there, and I don't know if people know this, but you used the greatest tech tactic or technique in sales, which is the takeaway. And I'll explain this real quickly so that we get this. So if we think about human beings, our most insatiable need as human beings is to feel important or significant. We always want to feel like we matter. And so when you go through a process that I described earlier, when I'm sitting down asking you questions about you and your motivations and where you're going, I'm making you feel significant because I'm listening to you. And when I'm listening to you, I'm giving you the greatest gift that I can give another human being, which is to make you feel like you matter. On the flip side of that, the thing that we want more than anything is that which we can't have. So, for example, if you say, look, I only have two times and somebody already wants my nine o'clock, you're going to go for it. Like they're going to they're going to be, oh, my God, I want that time. You, you especially wanted someone else who wants that. You also said, look, here's the thing. Let's have a short conversation about what's important to you. And I do this. Like if you were to hang out in sales calls with me, you probably hear that every time. What we do at Sales Gravy is not a fit for everyone, and it might not be a fit for you. So what I'd like to start off with is just learning a little bit more about you and your organization, listening to your objectives to see whether or not it even makes sense for us to keep talking. And I'll have people, Michelle, swear to you, stop me and go, what do you mean I might not be the right fit for you? (laughs) Totally, me too, yeah. They start trying to- What are you talking about? (laughs) So, but that's that little bit of a takeaway, but that comes from a place of relaxed, assertive confidence. That's emotional control. That's being able to say to them, look, this might not work. And that does a couple of things. One is it pulls them in because people want what they can't have. They want what they can't have more than anything else in the world. When things are exclusive or they're scarce, or if someone else has it, they want it, which makes your job a lot easier. The second thing that it, that it does is it takes all the pressure off of you and off of them because you're going to make a decision yes. together 
That's what yes. we say. We'll make a decision together whether it ne- if I'm going to the next step, you and I at the end of this conversation, we'll make a decision together whether or not it makes sense for us to move to the next step, whether or not it makes sense for us to keep talking. We're going to do that together. So when all the pressure is off, now you can engage in a real conversation instead of each party thinking that one, the you know, the person who's being sold has to protect themselves. And that you, the person who is selling, that you have to do some sort of like magical thing to close the deal that you saw in some movie, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You just have a conversation. And the conversation, if if you're asking questions and listening and connecting the dots, the conversation will get to a point where you will both make a decision whether or not it makes sense to keep talking. I, I love it. See, this is so much fun, right? Sales is so much fun. It's such a gift. It is such a loving way you can support people and there's nothing manipulative about it when you own and you know, you're in command, not control of the call. And when you really have that emotional intelligence and confidence that you can learn, you don't have to be born with it. You can learn it and setting up your calls and having a system, just like you're describing, whether a coach or you're um, selling to Fortune 500 companies, right? It's the same concept. You want to have a system to bring clients through in a really thoughtful conversation that makes them feel so important because that's who you want to work with, right? I want to work with somebody who sees me, who understands me, who gets me, who listens. I love everything you're saying, Jeff. This is so much fun. So you said something there that I, w- I want to make sure we go back to. You said not in control of the call, in command of the call. Yeah. I've never heard anybody say that before, ever. And that is the word I've been looking for my whole life. It's not control. It's in command. And that's different. Absolutely. It is different because somebody who's controlling is speaking over you. They're driving the bus, right? Insisting which way you turn or not. But as you described, you're walking hand in hand with the person towards a decision. And you, at the beginning of the call, you've made it really clear that you're listening to see if they're a good fit as much as as they're deciding whether or not they're a good fit to be with you. So right there, you've, you know, you're really in command of the call in a really loving way, not in control of the call. So you're, you're really a, an equal partner with the client. Okay. To wrap all of this up, because this has been a good conversation. <laughs> what I want you to do is think about a a person, a human being, and they've made a decision to start a business, start a coaching company, or even just go into sales. And maybe they didn't come from a sales background. This happens all the time in business where you did really, really good at a job and you recognize that the way you're going to get promoted is that you're going to go through the sales department to get there. Because we, we, I think you, you probably agree with me that people who make it rain typically are the ones that are going to get the, the rewards. And But so you see that. But you're like, I hear what you're saying. This sounds really good. I don't know where to start. Like, where do I begin with getting my my mindset right for for sales? So I'm going to give you the final word and let you talk to us about this person who may be listening and they're trying to figure this out. Where do you begin? Where do you begin to get your mindset right for sales? For me at Body Mind Coaching, for our coaches, for the work that we do, for any client I work with, 
I really invite them to get quiet, to put both feet on the floor, even their hand on their heart, to close their eyes and to come into their inner knowing, right? About what's possible, about the greater good that they want to do and to really sit with that and to understand like how it feels in them physically, that desire for what it is that they want and they want to achieve in this world. Cause so often you can get on that sales call and all, all of that core belief, that core love, that core, you know, you want to change the world with your product or service. It flies out the window. And so you want to be able to physically bring yourself back to that feeling. And it can be as simple as putting both feet on the floor, some sort of reminder to pause because then you can stay in command, um, you know, of the call, not control, and really start to connect from that space. So for me, I really invite you to get embodied, to really connect with why it is you're doing it and that feeling. And every single conversation, right? Build as you go, don't create, don't procrastinate. Build as you go, sell to that one person right in front of you and go from there. I love that. I'm going to get a little bonus in here because we just did something that I want to demonstrate for all the people that are listening so you understand what sales really is. What you see on TV, what you see in movies, Boiler Room, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, all of that's just not true. That's just not what sales is. And one of the problems for people who don't sell is that they get kind of caught up in this in this this narrative about sales being manipulative and bad. Yeah. But if you think about sales as a language, it's a language of questions. And one of the ways that you command a call is that you ask the questions. The person who's asking the questions is taking the conversation anywhere that they want to. And influence is derived not from what you say, some, some you know, you know, quippy thing that you can, you can, or, you know, some manipulative line that you can lay out and suddenly everybody just swoons in front of you. Influence is derived from what you hear. Because when you hear something and you hear their story, you're able to connect the dots to show them, build a bridge, a value bridge to how you can help them. And when you start thinking about questions, you want to ask questions that provoke people into becoming self-aware that there is a need to change. And you'll know when you ask a provocative question. And, and Michelle, you just you gave us a great example of that. So I asked you this question, like, how do you shift into the mindset? And if you'll notice, there was a pause there because you had to think about it. Because that was a question that that caused you to do some deep thinking. How are you going to answer this? And I pulled like I pulled an answer out of you that you might not have necessarily given me had I not asked you such a different type of question. And that to me is the essence of sales. When I have mm. someone, I'm, I'm asking someone a question and they sit back and they go, that's a pretty good question. I know at that moment that I made the connection and I don't have to sell them. They're going to sell themselves through the answer they give me. So you should never forget that a question that you ask is more important than anything that you will ever say. And anything that you will ever say is more impactful when delivered in the form of a question. Love it. Well, Michelle, tell us how we can learn more about you. This has been a fun conversation. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sure has. I would invite everyone to go to bodymindsales.com. I have a free training for your listeners there on why a no is better than a maybe and how not to presuppose um, what a client can afford. Um, if you're in front of me, I'd slap your hand, uh, right? If you ever decide what your client can and can't afford. And I talk about how I raised a million dollars over um, lunch from a client that did not meet um, the requirements of what you would think somebody who could write a million dollar check. Um, so that's a really, really fun training. It's at bodymindsales.com. You can also find me on Instagram um, at Michelle M. Rockwood, Michelle with two L's, M. Rock, and then Wood, Rockwood, my last name, Michelle M. Rockwood um, on Instagram. And those are the best ways to find me. Awesome. Well, I hope this episode inspires you to think differently about sales. And don't forget to go check out Vidyard. If you want to deliver a message that will connect with your buyer, connect with your prospect, nothing is better than a personalized video message. And Vidyard makes it super simple and super easy to do that. It's one of my favorite apps. I use it almost every single day. And you can get a free account right now, free, free, free account at Vidyard by going to vidyard.salesgravy.com. That's vidyard.salesgravy.com. I'll see you next time.